your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Joe DiBiase. I think I can call myself fully vaccinated. I had my second shot today. <laughs> and I'm Jordan Hanskin. I've been fully vaccinated for a while. Well, my question is, am I fully vaccinated now as I've had the full the second shot? Or do I have to wait two weeks? Because that's when everyone says it f- takes full effect two weeks after you get the shot. I mean, when do people usually post on Twitter slash Instagram? When they get their cards, which is the day of. <laughs> then I guess you're fully vaxxed. All right. I guess I'm fully vaxxed. The, the, the public it, policy. It's the this lockdown. The it's the lockdown Sabres podcast. I actually was able to listen to Jack Eichel's press conference or Zoom call while I was in line for that. Um, I had like a 10 a.m. appointment, 11 a.m. appointment, and it took a while. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, this is perfect. I have to listen to Jack. I didn't watch Jack. Did you watch or listen to the, to the I, Zoom call? I listened. Okay. Um, my Same. One of my favorite pastimes is guessing who's speaking. Um, <laughs> I've gotten pretty good like during the during – the, uh, mm-hmm. When the when the reporters speak, I like guessing. Um, I heard. Oh, uh, who the I think I heard. I, yeah, I think I heard. Uh, I know I heard Paul Hamilton. Yep. I know I heard. I think I heard Adam Benini sometime. Yeah. Did you know? Did you hear Wyshynski, Greg Wyshynski in there? Oh, I yeah. The the instantly recognizable voice. Oh yeah, he um, had the, the question about. I know um, Harrington yeah. too by voice, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, John Waro. Yeah, I, him. He he's harder to pick out for me. Okay, really? I don't know why that might be. But okay. Um, Yeah, so we got a ton to talk about. I mean, Eichel, Reinhardt, if we get to it, maybe we'll have to put Reinhardt off to an an extra episode, although he could kind of be within this conversation. Um, But really, it revolves around the Jack Eichel press conference from Monday. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to our Monday locker room, by the way, and chiming in. We had a bunch of people... Um, getting their thoughts that ended up on the podcast on Monday's episode. We're recording this on Monday, but this will be out Tuesday. Um, you'll know that because you're listening to this on Tuesday. But, I mean, <sighs> overarching thoughts from the Eichel press conference, and then we'll get into some specific quotes. Mine was, you already had doubts about whether he would want to stay here long term because of the winning and the fact that he's played six years on this team and has never been in a playoff game or in a playoff race game. And to to add just to dump more gasoline on the fire. Now we have this neck issue between both sides. Uh, I thought um, that that was really the, the overarching thought for me was that didn't know that it was this bad on the injury thing. And that really can drive a divide between these two. Yeah, so it's just the sad reality, um, I think, of the Sabres right now is that everything that has gone wrong just keeps going wrong. Um, now, Eichel, I think, um, I feel bad for him, for sure. I mean, any injured athlete, I always feel bad for him. It's like you want to just perform at your job and you can't because you're because of a uh, physical injury. Um, and that, that stinks. Um, but also like, I, hmm. I get a little bit tired of like the victim card from these players. Like I think he's in a unique situation though, cause of the injury. And that's hmm. the thing that's really bothering him the most. You can kind of tell that that was where he got pretty, pretty like, 
outwardly angry towards the organization. Um, that's where you got most of the stuff wherever that may be. Um, when he's talking about where he's going to play next year, it was the injury. But I, I just like the players, like the blame. He did put blame on himself, so I can't totally like bash him for that. And I don't mm-hmm. want to this. I don't want to be the Eichel basher because like he is the best player on the team. Um, but there is like some part of it where it's always like the like this woe is me mentality that this team has. It's not healthy. Like to act that way is not healthy. To to be like a team like that where every player acts this way. It's just gotta like, like no wonder it's like, it's always heard about as being like a toxic environment. Like it's just so much like bitterness. And I think it, it comes from the top down. Of course. I mm. try them or put it on Reinhardt or it comes from the owners down is that this, there's just this, there's this toxicity <laughs> There's this poison in this in this organization, and it's it's awful. Like it just like listening to that interview was unpleasant. Like it was just an <laughs> unpleasant experience, and it should have been for every fan. It just it was a it was like watching a really really sad movie, and it just like kept going on and on and on. It's like oh my gosh, when can we get some relief? And it just it never came. Um, it's just, it's just the sad situation of this team. And I think everybody deserves a little bit of blame. Even even Eichel, who is obviously the victim of this of this story today. He's the he's the mm-hmm. one where everything's kind of been bad for. And I feel I feel bad for him. I feel bad for anybody that's hurt. But there's blame to go around to everybody here. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. I definitely think the the injury thing it's tough to talk about because we don't know the specific motivations behind the team and why they seem to be so defiant in not wanting Eichel to get this surgery. Is uh, it have to do with timeline? Does it have to do with just specific medical opinions, risk of the surgery? Because if we were to look at a potential timeline impact for the Sabres, it, it seems that the way Eichel outlined it, that, the recovery time from surgery would not be all that long. And there was a piece from the defector this afternoon. Um, I'm forgetting the writer, forgive me at, at, at time right now, but the writer for defector said that typically around sports, that's a six week recovery period is surgery on a herniated disc in your neck. And that's what Eichel seems to be like wanting to do. Like he, it sounds like if it were up to him, he would have already had the surgery and maybe he would have already been back on the ice. Maybe he would already be ready to return. So I'm struggling to find out why the Sabres don't want that to happen and why they continue to persist on rehabbing the injury. Um, And I don't have a good answer because I just don't. I mean, maybe the one thing I thought of that I don't think is all that likely, but I'll throw it out there just because I thought of it, was maybe they wanted the timeline to be a little bit longer, that they wanted him to be out for the season because they know that they're probably going to have to trade him this coming off season. And they wanted to make sure that he didn't have more games risking injury um, between when he got injured and that time period. But again, I don't think that's all that likely. So I don't have a good answer for this. Um, Did anything come to mind for you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a weird uh, situation, because usually the team would be like, you should get the surgery. I feel, I feel like they would be like, we want you on the ice as fast as possible. 
Um, so that's what makes it that's what makes it strange. Um, I don't know if they like I don't know if they definitely want to trade him. Right. But and that's that's that's, a, that's, that's the, the part that just seems weird to me. Um, it seems like the ball is more in his court uh, in, in that regard. Um because I mean he has the no trade, so he would have to Well no, he he, do, he actually he doesn't until next July. July first of twenty twenty one twenty twenty two, his no movement clause kicks in. Before that, the Sabres really, if they wanted to trade him, can send him anywhere they want. Um and if they wanted to. So that's a that's another part of this too, though, that I might think of is all right. That's if you a benefit feel, for the Sabres, yeah. Right. Like if teams are trying to lowball them this coming off season, why can't the Sabres just go back and like if 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 the Rangers are coming at you with Capo Caco and Alex Georgiev as their offer, and you want Lafreniere, Chesterkin, and a first, and the Rangers say we're not doing that, and you could just respond, well, we're not trading Eichel then, because guess what, he's under contract till twenty twenty six, and he doesn't have any say in the matter until July 1st of 2022. So maybe this off season is more of a, a time to gauge what his value is. I don't know though, but it does all that to say the Sabres do have some leverage in this negotiation. And really they don't have to trade him if they don't want to, right? Like it's not a great situation to have the captain of your team being angry that he's still on your team, but He's under contract again until 2026. Like the Sabres don't have to be in a rush to do this. Yeah, it does get to the point where you get you get the fear of we're beholden to him. Like he can do whatever he wants. But I mean, he'd lose a ton of money holding out. He ten million (laughs) dollars. And in hockey, and in yeah, and in hockey, but more than that, because he's not like a he's not like an endorsement guy. Like no, he like he's hockey. got Bauer, but those deals are not anything like others. Right? Players. Like he, yeah, he could have a decent living, but he lose a ton of his income. His mm. income comes from his salary, um, and I think that it would just be unwise for him to do that. But he could just be like, "I want to trade," and once that no movement clause comes in, he'll be like, "I will only go here." Well, yeah, that's, to Taylor that's Hall, a good point. and that's the part that that's the part that gets bad is right. like I will only go here I won't try until you play me until you put me where I want to be and it actually benefits him even more to get traded to a team that he only wants to go to cuz the Sabres value will be lower and we don't hurt that team that much um right. so it just gets to a it gets to that like chess match and that's but if I'm the Sabres though I will mm-hmm. I will never allow myself to be beholden to these players anymore. Like I just, I, you have to, you have to, you have to put your foot down at some point. If you're, if you're just thinking, if if I'm the, if I'm playing GM, if I'm Mm -hmm. playing Kevin Adams, you have to put your foot down. You can't let these players run the team. Like it's just, you just can't, you can't let it happen. Your job is to make the Sabres as good as possible. Um, And that's why you have to make these tough decisions. I hope that it doesn't come to that because I love, watching Jack Eichel play for the Sabres. And I think that he's a, he's a amazing talent, arguably one of the best players in the NHL. Um, and I, I don't want it to come to that, but yeah, we got to so, make some tough calls here. So the, right. So what do you do? It do you, does, what is put, what do you mean by putting your foot down? Do you just say you're coming back next year? Like we're not even going to talk with other teams. Um, 
Because that is the risk of that no movement clause next year. If you ultimately get to that point, like that's what I wonder. If if you think if you're Kevin Adams and you think like it's probably going to happen at some point, well, the no movement clause looming to me means well, if Eichel wants to leave the Sabers in part or if not entirely because he wants to go to a contender, he wants to go to a team that's going to be playing meaningful games um, past the regular season. Well, if this offseason the best offer the Sabres have, which could reasonably happen, comes from the Los Angeles Kings. You know, they like that one Craig Custance offer or pack trade package that I'll always reference because it's the best one I've seen out there. It was uh, Quentin Byfield, last year's second overall pick, Alex Turcott, 2019's fifth overall pick, and two first round picks. Like four grade A pieces. Four pieces all better than anything, any single piece the Sabres got in the O'Reilly trade. If that were the trade offer, this year, the Sabres can say, sure thing, we're doing that. That's the best offer we got. Next year, Jack Eichel can go to the Sabres and say, I'm not going to the Kings. The Kings, if I want to go to a contender, you're going to send me to a team that's missed the playoffs three years in a row. It's got an aging core and it's probably going to start a rebuild soon. Um, like Next year, Eichel can nix that type of offer. So... I don't know what you want to do by putting your foot down though. Does that mean just let him like you're a Buffalo Sabre and that's final. Cause I, I would have respect for that. Honestly, I don't know if I would do it, but I'd have respect for that type of mindset. I think that you could do, you could think of it that way. I was just going to say I'm doing what's best for the Buffalo Sabres. And well, I, and Eichel said that too today, by the way, he said he's going to do what's best for the Buffalo Sabres or he's going to no, do what's best he for said- himself. He said, I'm going to do what's best for Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres right. are going to do what's best for the Buffalo Sabres. Right. So now if if you told me in July that the Sabres are going to make that trade, I think I'm good. Like I'm, I think I'm, I am too. As a fan, like I'd be, I'd be fine with that. Um, mm. The other sad thing is like, I, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want like Eichel's getting like these injuries concern me like mm-hmm. a decent amount. Like, the fact that when he said that he broke his rib on a shot, mm-hmm. I, I had to pick my job off the floor. Like I don't, I, I don't want to say he's like a like an injury prone player, mm. but these are injuries that concern me. Like a herniated disc sounds like something that is not like that's not that's nothing to joke about. Like that sounds very like it sounds very serious. Right. It sounds very painful. Like and that's why I feel bad. Like that's why I started this out by saying I feel bad for him. Um, but yeah, like if, if you told me to, tr- that we would trade him for Byfield Turcotte in two seconds, I'd be like, yes. Like, yeah. Two first, sign me up to be right. What you meant two, two first, two first. Yeah. Oh, you were ready to do it for even the two seconds. <laughs> well, I just like the idea. I think it's, yeah, I like the idea of having two more young stud centers. players in and the their mix. centers. Yeah. yeah, like I just like the idea of that. Now, are they could they easily not be as good as Jack Eichel? Yeah, mm. I think we have to assume that they're not going to be as good as Jack Eichel because we're getting all them for right. Jack Eichel. But I don't know. I like the idea of like having just a super young core with cousins and then just adding more depth. I think we've we tried the superstar with a lot of nothing and that that's mm-hmm. didn't work. So let's try just balance. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just, that's just my me, theory as a fan. Um, but let me, like let, me 
Yeah. Yeah. Let me read a couple more Eichel quotes because we've only really read the one so far. He said, when that happens, he meant a poor season, forces everyone to consider what you can do better, what the future holds. I think I have a lot of thinking to do this off season and a lot to consider for now. I'm for now I'm here and I'm the captain of this hockey team. My goal is to be available and try to and help the guys in the room, the organization to win hockey games. I'm going to continue to do that as long as I'm here. So again, we've got some verbiage in there. For now, I'm here. Uh, I'm going to continue to do that as long as I'm here. Um, so you've kind of got Eichel. I think I think he seems to be pretty comfortable. Or no, what what do I want here? He's pretty intelligent in knowing what his situation is. He knows the Sabers have the leverage here. In fact, if I could find it real quick, he does make another comment about. You know, the Sabres have to do what's best for the organization. As a player, you have to protect your own interests and what's best for you. Um, that's not the comment I was looking for. Something about the Sabres will do whatever's best for the Sabres. And that he that that's the position that they're in. Um, so kind of couple that with that other comment. For now, I'm here. I'm the captain of this team. Um, I'm going to do, as long as I'm here, the best to help this organization win hockey games. I think what he's setting up is he wants to be traded, but... He knows that that might not be in the cards and that if he indeed is going to be back with the Sabres next season, he's not going to be pouting about it. He's not going to hold out. He's not going to sit home and and say, I'm not coming to work. He's going to come to the Buffalo Sabres and he's going to play. And to me, that's not quite the nuclear option, is it? Like to me, the nuclear option is Eichel saying, I'm not playing hockey because that kind of forces the Sabres hand to have to do something. If he at least seems willing to come to the to come to work and put his best foot forward and be a professional about it, which he sounds like he's willing to do. Then to me that, that only couples the, the point I made earlier that I don't think the Sabres have to be in as big a rush to do this. How, how did you see that? Yeah, I thought that, that was, um, you know, that was good leadership from him. I thought, I thought it was a good thing to say um, all things considered, considering that he's been, this is pretty vicious presser um, mm. towards the Sabres organization as vicious as you're really going to get from a hockey player. Um, and yeah. I thought that that was, oh, yeah, that this was, was like an NBA thing to say this is like an NBA presser, <laughs> right? It was, it was, it was like James Harden in the Rockets. Like, yes, <laughs> like, it was just like very passive aggressive. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought that, that was a good thing for him to say, but also I think it's also, it's a pretty PR thing to say. Like, I guess. especially if you're the captain, like, it's just like, yeah, I, I'm the captain, I'm the leader. And it's like, it's, it's not very, he's still, he's still expressing a lot of discontent and mm. uh, expressing a lot of anger and frustration. So take it with a grain of salt, but I do think, yes, I, I don't, I just don't think he's the type of person that would hold out. He just doesn't yeah. seem like that type of guy to me that he's just, he's, he's a guy that's going to play. But behind the scenes, he'll let the organization pissed off. It really is. It kind of reminds me in so many ways of O'Reilly. Like O'Reilly, kind of like the on-ice, off-ice difference. O'Reilly was like done here. Like he wanted to be done here. But you would never know that watching him on the ice. Like he was always putting, he was always leaving it all out on the ice. He was still putting production up. Um but behind the scenes, it was like, like we clearly found out he was just shot. Like he wanted it to be over. And I think that's where I'm at with Eichel. We're like, you know, the injuries 
withstanding. Because, of course, I think that was the story of his season on the ice. Like, even last year. Last year, I would imagine that he was done. Like, especially towards the end of the year, knowing we're not in a playoff race. You know, and he's putting up MVP-level production. He's still out there doing that on the ice. But then he goes home, and he's probably dreaming of himself in a Boston Bruins uniform. Which, by the way, that I would never do. There's no scenario in which I would ever send him to Boston. Just no. Not, not even just in division, like no Boston. Even if he comes at me next year with his no movement clause and says, I'm only take, accepting a trade to Boston, my response would be, well, then you're going to be a Buffalo Sabre until the year 2026, and that's it. Um, no Bruins. Just I, I, couldn't, I couldn't stand to, to let those fans, those Boston obnoxious fans, be able to get their wish of their hometown kid coming home to win them a Stanley Cup after after all these years here. No, just no, no, please. Oh, no, that would even be my for like Pasternak and some other guy. Mm, Pasternak <laughs> is pretty good. He is pretty good. Um, no, because of course John Tortorella is going to be the Sabres coach, and then Pasternak's going to want to leave after a year. So no, we, let Hell me save yeah, that. He is. Let me yeah, save that. Yeah. We've got we've got that for another time. I'm in. Um, I'm, I'm sold. Anything else you want to say on Eichel's press conference, or do you want to move on to Reinhardt a little bit here? Um, you know, just Eichel. I feel bad. It's just it just that that's really just sums it up. Is like I feel bad. He feels bad. The Sabers feel bad. Like just a lot of ugly. Um, once again for this for this franchise. Um, I hope if it if it does turn out to be like you said, like you're getting shades of O'Reilly here. Um, let's hope Kevin Adams can uh can uh get a get a better swing uh, than than Botterill did on on July on July first. Was it July first or was it July fourth? July. F- well, I don't remember now. July yes, early July. It was one of those days. One of those yeah. dark days. Yeah. <laughs> I um. July. I think back to the tank a little bit today too, like because it, it seems like it's over, and just uh, we went through we went through a war that season, like a civil war, and for it to be over six years later, like the the, the fruits of that labor are just done, and it didn't result in anything. That's just that's a that's it's, a it, it more and more feels like a Faustian bargain, a deal with the devil, <laughs> right? And we it's just like it's just. <laughs> We paid dearly. <laughs> it's like it's like the you know the story like the monkey's paw. Yes. Where like yeah like it like you get these like wishes and they all turn out to be horrible. Yeah. Like they, they, oh like I get my son back. Oh he's a zombie. That stinks. <laughs> that's just like <laughs> that. That's, that's exactly like, that what is literally what it is. It's like it's like a horror movie that doesn't end. But we yeah. have some heroes. Like we got the workhorse from White Horse. We got some guys to. <laughs> to hang our hat on you know we got some we got some things that there's there is glimmers of hope in all the the unrest yeah um all right and let's uh let's take a quick time out here and then we'll talk some sam reinhardt when we come back here in the lockdown Sabers podcast with joe dibiase and jordan hanskin stonks memes rocket ships day trading can be a lot of fun but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon you should open up a wealthfront investment account today decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year in fact only one percent of day traders beat the market the odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone team up with wealthfront instead investing can be complicated but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years wealthfront makes it easy they have the right tools for 
every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized for you in just minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25 advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's wealthfront.com, W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T.com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I mean, do I need to say any more? Are we good? No? Uh, 18 amazing flavors for the delicious Built Bar, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Those are the six new flavors to go along with your 12 original flavors. Peanut butter brownie, definitely my favorite of the original flavors. The bars are 100% covered in chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, but Built Bar, great for the healthy, conscious guy as well. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for keto diet. And if you want an example... Peanut butter flavor, that's 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off of your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. RockAuto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin at Sneaky Joe Sports at JR Hanskin on Twitter at Locked On Sabres. Just went over Jack Eichel and his press conference Zoom call from Monday. We'll talk plenty about Eichel throughout the offseason. He set us up for an off- the one positive to come out of today is he set me and Jordan up for an offseason of content uh, for the coming months. So that's good. Um, so did Sam Reinhart, by the way, a little bit. He was not as, what do I want to say here? He wasn't quite as direct as Eichel was. He wasn't quite as blunt. Um, he was as pissed, more pissed off seemingly in the interview. Like his body language was, oh my God, I'm so done here. Uh, now his words weren't quite the same as that, but 
you did get comments such as like, I don't know, like anything could happen in the future. Those things will work itself out. He did not sound committal to being back here this season. I got the vibe that he is not going to, he does not want to be back on this team. Um, I've kind of been thinking that for a little bit. I think the most likely thing to happen is Reinhardt will come to the Sabres and say, I will only sign a one-year deal. I'm a restricted free agent. I've got to put one more year in because the Sabres, by the way, decided to get, keep giving him short-term deals. They have now arrived at this point where Reinhardt can come to them and say, I'm doing a one-year deal or you trade me. That's it. Because next year as a UFA, I'm walking out the door. Um, which means I think the Sabres really have to decide what what the right time is to trade Sam Reinhardt, if indeed that is the case. And if indeed that is the case, I'd have to imagine coming off a 25-goal season in 52 games, whatever he played, 56 games, maybe he played the whole season, um, that now would be the time to move him, given how high his value might be. Yeah, this is another one where it's like, well... This guy's got leverage. Parts He's got more leverage guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the term's shorter, but I mean, the Sabre, his value's never been higher. So, like, it's, it's, it's this, this one I'm very much okay with doing, even though, like, I like Reinhardt the player more than ever right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it stinks in that regard, but I do think it's, this one might also be another trade that is good for the franchise. As long as they can get, you just got to get equal value back. That's the part that just kills me is they never get equal value back. They've been, they've lost. They're on like a massive trade losing streak. I feel. Um, <laughs> well, no, I shouldn't say that. Cause Yogi well, Haru, Yogi Haru is a win, but they, yeah. on a lot of these big ones, like they've, they've been, uh, they've been, they, I feel like they lose a lot. They have a, they have a bad trade record yeah. since uh, Darcy left. So they got a, they just gotta, they gotta, they gotta nail one of these. Um, if they, I, I'm okay, I, I'm okay with trading Reinhardt if if that's his, if that's what he wants. Because I'm also fine with giving him a five year contract. To be honest, like, I, I'm good. Uh, with, me too. I'm good with whatever with Reinhardt. Me too. I think the only tough thing will be is if he doesn't necessarily demand a trade, but he says I'm only signing a one year deal. If like if he leaves the Sabers in limbo at all as to maybe signing a long-term deal. Like, I don't want the Sabres to play that game. To me, this is the offseason. I think you either sign him to a long-term extension or you trade him. I would not want to see Sam Reinhardt start the season with the Buffalo Sabres on a one-year deal, an expiring deal. Because then all that leads to is, well, they're probably not going to be in a playoff race. We're going to hit the trade deadline, and they're going to move him as a rental. And that is not a position I want the Sabres to be in. Um so that to me is the only negative outcome to come from Reinhardt at this point. But even Reinhardt, same thing. Like it's just so sad that these two guys were built up as like the next core of the Buffalo Sabres. And they've both, I, I can't tell you what goes on behind the scenes on the ice. They've both hit Reinhardt is a very good player. He was never supposed to be this elite scorer, but he's always been a very good player in this past year. He was even better. And Eichel, was never supposed to be McDavid, but he has been a top five center in the sport for a couple years now. Like both guys have kind of hit their mark and it's like, it doesn't matter. And that's just how frustrating is that? Um, because just the, for me, it's because the rest of it hasn't worked, but it's, this it, is it a, was a, it, it's been a masterclass in mismanagement of a roster. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's as bad as you could manage a roster. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the Oilers is the only other one that I could think is as comparable where they just keep getting number one overall picks and they just right. keep stinking. But that right. was because a lot of those number one overall picks kind of weren't very good. That's right. No, right. And the Sabres don't have, I mean, no, no, they don't really have that problem. Like Reinhardt for that draft class, again, not as good as Dreisaitl, but still really good. Uh, McDa- or Eichel, not as good as McDavid, but still really good. Dalene even, not as good as Kale McCarr, but still really good. Um, McCarr actually might have been the draft before. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, Quinn Hughes. But I mean, still. even middle stats starting to become something. Like, we're they getting better. like... They're about to run out of centers. You <laughs> <laughs> better, yeah. But but the the thing is like that that's the that's the craziest part is that what they failed to do is the thing that every other hockey team just seems to just find and they're just like okay. Mm-hmm. Like is these role playing forwards and these role playing defensemen and goalie. Well, goalie I think is goalie hasn't even been that bad when you look at like Omar. Right. Right. Like it's just that it's was been unreliable. Thing. It's been unreliable, I guess. Yeah. Is that it's he gets hurt all the time. But yeah, it's just been it's just been so unlucky as as a team. It's mm. just and of course, like we didn't even get to really see Eichel and Hall at their full level because Eichel was hurt the whole time. Right. So, <laughs> right. It's just right. unbelievable. Uh once once again it goes back to the monkey paw. Um, yeah. I think somebody's got one. Somebody's got one in the at the at the arena somewhere. Okay, for one quick question for you, and then I got a little fun exercise at the end here that maybe we'll make a trend throughout the offseason. Um, between the four guys that spoke on Monday, Ristolainen, who by the way, we didn't even talk about him. He said he's open to whatever. He like he even <laughs> said, like all he said, all I need to oh, I just need to make the playoffs next year, wherever that is, here or somewhere else. Um, he kind of sounded similar, like I Ryan Ristolein has sounded like I've got one more year and that's probably it. Um, and I don't think that's a surprise. This guy's asked for a trade like several times, maybe in the past couple of years. So, so is he um, saying we're in will win now mode? He's win now mode. Right. Um, so <laughs> that's good. What, what is your answer to this question between the four guys who spoke all today? Allmark, who's a free agent, Ristolein, Reinhardt and Eichel over, under two and a half of them are gone by the start of next season. I'll say under. You'll go under. Who do you think the yeah. two are that stay, or do you think three stay? I think there's. I think there's a high likelihood that they're all here again. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It is. Wow. I think the Sabers. I think the Sabers move slow. They do, but <laughs> man, know. that would be crazy. That'd be wild. I think they're just gonna run it well, back. Maybe. That they they can do that. I mean, not Allmark. Allmark can just go. But the other the other three, like if the Sabers want to say to Reinhardt and Eichel and Ristolainen, I guess I'll throw him in this. I hate that though. If they if they want to <laughs> say to them, listen, this is our, we'll take we're gonna take one last shot at it. Like we're gonna make it right this year, and if we're good this year, will you guys stay? Like they because they. Can see, they have the power to bring those three guys back for night one next season. Um, I think that'd be crazy to to do that and say like to Reinhardt, like, can you give us one more shit shot? Like, can can you can we show can we you give us one more chance to show you that we can put a contending team around you? Guys, Same we with have like, to play the Senators and the Red Wings a lot more next year. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's a Ducks game in March. That's a win. <laughs> the Leafs won that division. We could win it. We could win. Right. It. I promise you, we can do it. Um, <laughs> all right. So there's a, there's a over under question for you, and then 
Finally, uh, maybe armchair GM on cap friendly is a fun tool to go about in these times, the off season, especially when there's trade rumors, just random people throwing their putting Eichel into trade machines with other teams and seeing what comes out. Um, so I've got one from a Calgary fan here that is Eichel for Sean Monahan of 2022 first and someone named Connor Zeri. Jordan, would you take that deal from Calgary? What is Sean Monahan's stats? Sean Monahan. Oh, I'm looking up Connor Zeri real quick before I get to Sean Monahan. Connor Zeri was their first round pick from this past year, 24th overall. So this is a. I'm looking uh, up Monahan. High level prospect. Um, Monahan, by the way, is entering. No, he's got two two years left on his deal at six point three seven five, and he's like a. 20 to 30 like goals. 20 scorer. goal scorer. Third 30. He's hit 30 goals three times. No he's offensive. high, high 20s, low 30s. High 20s, low 30s for him. Mm. And he's a center. Are you saying no to that nah. one? I like the Kings one better. I like, I like the, I like the potential. Okay. The Kings um, so Kings one is still your favorite, but I don't know how realistic that one would be. Um, but I hope. Then one other one from the armchair GM tool, uh, Blue Jackets fan. Uh, S. Buckley plugged in Eichel to Columbus for Jonas Corpisalo, Liam Foudy, Don Kukan. I think those two guys are more like depth players, uh, but Corpisalo would be like the Sabres starting goaltender probably. And then two first round picks this year, one from Tampa, one from Columbus, and then a first round pick in 2022. So what do you say to that one? A goalie and three first round picks. It's so much stuff. Um <laughs> It's kind of a rise of the O'Reilly trade, though. It's a bunch of stuff that I don't really. Well, I Michael not say going I to the first. crappy Blue Jackets would be so funny. That'd be so mean to him. <laughs> oh, it would be so. It would be so. It would be rich. Like it would just be like <laughs> for a goalie too. Like, we want this goalie. Enjoy Columbus. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. I don't see that one happening. Um, I don't hate it. The Blue Jackets first. And their first They're in bad, 2022. right? They were like really bad. Um, they were maybe like un- fourth worst or something. Like they were. Let me look real quick. They're they like lottery two odds. Top five picks. They they have the fit. Well, they have the sixth best lottery odds because they finished fifth from the bottom. But Seattle's plugged in there at three. So ah, okay. So eh, a top five pick though, not- maybe. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not a horrible trade, but you have to really think highly of Corpusalo because goalies are just. I just don't feel like goalies. They should have that. that. If the goalie value. is your, if the goalie is your top asset, getting yeah. back, that's not. That's not great. I would right, say so no to that. Between between the Calgary and the Columbus one, though, if you had to pick one, which one would you do? Probably the Calgary one or the Columbus one. I mean, the Columbus, the Columbus one. one. I think I would because too. there's there's more picks. Yeah, you're not getting the center. You're getting the goalie, but right, you're getting more picks. So, all right. Um, well, that's going to do it for us on today's episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Me and Jordan will be back. Uh, we're going to figure out our schedule for the rest of the week. We're still kind of in flux because the Sabre season is over, but the rest of the NHL is still kind of going. Um, so as a network, we're still trying to figure out if we should be considered in-season or off-season. So we'll, we'll let you know. Stay tuned to at Locked on Sabres for Sa- that. Sabres season is really the off-season. It's been the off-season <laughs> for 10 You're years. You're right. So. Today's really the most interesting day for the Sabres in like five months. <laughs> and then whenever the lottery is, that will be the next most interesting. And then the draft. And yep. then free right, agency. Exactly. And we get the really good player and so yes. on and so forth. We, we tread on <laughs> together. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. This has been the Locked On Sabres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.